It is, it's me, it's TRG, the Rambling Gambler. Casino gambling is my side hustle, and this is my Casino Combat Podcast, the podcast that spells combat with a K. Welcome to episode 15. Here's the legal stuff, and then we can get started. Ladies, gentlemen, non-binary person, Lion Cubs new to the pride, this podcast discusses casinos and gambling. Gambling is a morally questionable life choice. Do not gamble with money you cannot afford to lose. Do not gamble with money you need to pay your bills. My past performances are not indicative of anyone's future results, including my own. If you have a gambling problem, contact your local problem gambling hotline. If you do not know your local problem gambling hotline number, send an email to help at casinocombat.com and we will find that number for you and we will make it available to you. Everything I'm going to share with you here in this podcast is based in fact. Names and dates have been altered to protect the innocent and the guilty. Minor items, unrelated outcomes may be omitted in the interest of brevity and clarity. Okay, good, 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 good. Last week in the VIP lounge, I promised you fun this episode, and I have a fun story for you in the VIP lounge, as promised. In fact, I think I'm going to do two today. Uh, We'll see how long this goes, but um, I think double fun story time in the VIP lounge, and one of those is absolutely the strangest card counting I, I ever did in my whole life. Hopefully this is a fun, upbeat episode for all of you as well. Um, In Core Concepts, we're going to look at bankroll management and the use of digital gambling. I have an important casino wisdom for you, and as always, I'll share results of this week's gambling in the travel segment. And then also something that a dealer said to Mrs. TRG that still has us a little puzzled. So let's get started and dive into this week's Core Concepts. One of the core concepts is having a bankroll large enough for the game you're going to play and the bet you intend to make. And I've said a couple of times that in my opinion, if you find out that the games and table minimums offered by a casino is too large for your bankroll, you should leave rather than gamble above the level your bankroll supports. So Gabriel pointed out this week that at our local casino in the current situation, a lot of people don't have the resources to attempt any of what I talk about here. And I started wondering if he was right and thinking about what I might do if I was starting out right now and didn't have a bankroll to support the table limits that are being offered where I am. And sure, for the moment, we're going to leave, oh, just drive somewhere else to the side. Yeah, I'd recommend that if you were where I am. But let's assume that isn't available. You've just got this one casino that's in a reasonable distance and you're thinking you want to try this out. So I'm kind of running through that in my head. I'm kind of thinking about it. And after a few minutes, it hits me. I'd use electronic gambling in some fashion. So that's our topic today. Electronic gambling, also called digital gambling, and and approaching it with a very minimum bankroll as a way to get started. If you walk into my local casino with less than a $750 bankroll, you really can't play with a dealer at a table. Everything is a $25 minimum. But they have multiple electronic blackjack games with a video screen as the dealer where you can play for $2 a hand, which means you only need a bankroll of $60 to get started using the techniques I talk about here. Now, they're not going to be giving you watches and luggage and hotel rooms with that level of play, but you can get started and you can work up. The important thing you need to check with a digital blackjack game is how the hands are generated. You want to know if a 52-card virtual deck is used or if the hands are just generated randomly, 
And let me illustrate the difference. When I was in high school, and now this is pre-computers, many of us had programmable calculators. And a few of us created a short program that generated just two random numbers between 1 and 10. And then it showed those two numbers on the screen. So on the bus or whatever, we'd see who got a better blackjack hand. No money was involved, and that's fine. This was not real blackjack. There were an infinite number of any card available. And there are some electronic games in a casino that they basically work the same way. As each card is dealt, the computer generates a random number between 1 and 13, and that determines what picture goes on the screen, what number the card is, and then it generates a second random number, 1 through 4, and that's the suit. So either the player or the dealer could, in any random situation, end up with a handful of 17 aces of hearts. It's completely possible. That's not how real blackjack works. So games that work that way are not true blackjack. The calculations of house advantage don't apply, and basic strategy doesn't apply, because basic strategy and house advantage are all based on 52 physical cards or multiples of 52 physical cards. So you want to avoid games like this. But back to what's offered at my local casino. The laws in my state require that any digital gambling game that uses images of dice and cards or cards to simulate a physical game has to match the actual odds of the game being simulated. In the case of those blackjack machines, you get a fair single deck game where the dealer hits soft 17, the odds are correct, basic strategy applies, the same house advantage applies as if it was a physical deck of cards. So the electronic dealer shuffles and then they hand out the cards and when they get to down to less than 25% of the deck remaining, another shuffle occurs. And you see an animation of the shuffle so you know when that's happening. Everything I know, everything I've seen, everything I've tested, this is a perfectly reasonable game to get started and, as I said, a much smaller bankroll. And bonus, the on-screen process if you're new to this, it's going to walk you right through everything. You're going to see how to play the game. Prompts are going to be there. You're not going to have any pressure. And then eventually, as you make some money, you can move up to live dealers and higher stakes. I think a $60 entry point is much more manageable for, for people than that $750 option. Another choice that isn't fully digital, it's only par partially digital, is that many casinos are now offering a hybrid pit where multiple games can be played at a single computer screen, but the dealer's live and dealing real cards. So at the front, you've got a Baccarat dealer, you've got a roulette dealer, you've got a blackjack dealer, and they're all dealing all the time, and you can play one, two, three of those games individually, simultaneously, all seated at a computer console. And you use the screen to make your bets and your plays, and all players receive the same hands, but different results based on their own decisions. I usually see this game offered at $5 a hand. So for that game, you're requiring a bankroll of $150. And you're gonna to need to put in a lot of hours at $5 a hand to get meaningful comps, but you could. And it's a fair game with known odds. Basic strategy applies. The techniques presented here can be applied. And again, it's a low stress environment to learn in. Now, since I'm focused on digital gambling this week, let me talk about another option as well, and that's online gambling via websites. For me in North America, most online gambling is illegal. But that doesn't mean it isn't available. 
you can find plenty of online casinos with ways around the local laws. At least ways around the local laws in terms of getting your money into the game and gambling. I dabbled with this maybe 10 or 15 years ago. Maybe actually a little more than that. And what I found, at least at that time, was that many of the blackjack games just generated random cards. They weren't actually simulating blackjack. You couldn't use basic strategy. You had no way of knowing what the house advantage was. And the other thing I found out was that if you won a meaningful amount of money, they were going to make it very, very difficult, almost impossible, for you to actually get that money out of their offshore casino and into an American bank where you could actually use it and spend it. So I currently avoid online gambling. If you found an online casino that provides a true simulation and a reliable payout process, let me know. I'm always willing to rethink something and share it here if it turns out that, uh, that there's something good out there for people. Finally, I read an article by NBC News this week that was kind of amazing to me. And not something I didn't know, but I didn't realize kind of the scope of it. See, there are a variety of casino apps available for your devices where you buy coins, just like you buy chips in a casino, and you play casino games. And if you win, you get paid in coins. But unlike chips in a casino, there's no way to turn those coins into anything. You can't cash out. So they interviewed a couple for the article, and they had spent over $100,000 across a span of two years buying imaginary coins to spin through an imaginary slot machine with the only possible prize being more imaginary coins. Now, I'm not going to tell anybody how to have their entertainment, but that's all this is. It's entertainment that happens to look like a casino, but it's really more like Pac-Man. The coins are going to come in, the lights are going to blink, the animations are going to happen, and at the end you're not getting any money back. Not, well, I shouldn't, I was going to say not something I do. Um, obviously, I've played Pac-Man, so it's obviously something I would do. If that's what works for you, that's fine, but it's not really gambling in, in any true sense of the word. It's just entertainment. And having said that, I do have an app just exactly like that from the MGM Casino Company. But here's the catch. Every day on that app, every player gets a, a free set of coins thousand I think it is not a lot but like a thousand free coins and if you win with the free coins as you win you get these little blue diamonds or I don't know something um, and then there's a chart and if you're going to be at one of their properties you can turn in so many of these let's call them diamonds you can turn those in and you can get real world comps so if I'm getting ready to go to Las Vegas I'll start spinning their free coins every day I'm never buying more coins with actual money, but I'll spin them through. And I'll get to the point where I've got enough diamonds or whatever it is that maybe I get a, a buy one get one meal or a buy one get one show ticket or a couple comp drinks at one of their high-end bars, it, something like that. So I'll gladly spin imaginary coins through an imaginary slot machine in order to get real comps at a place I'm going to be but I'm not putting any actual money in. And in fact, I was kind of stunned at the amount of money people were putting in to, to these games. But, you know, learn something new every day. So there we go. Some additional options for using digital gambling to get started with a smaller bankroll and some digital gambling games that I'd recommend you avoid. Let's have a moment of casino wisdom. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Today I'm going to talk about Casino Wisdom number 19. If you have choices, pick the better reward system for you. If you've been listening, you know that I use casino reward systems and the benefits that they provide to offset the house's small advantage against me and the losses that sometimes happen. I'm also fortunate to have eight casinos within two hours of my home. Three of those casinos use a reward system unique to just their property, and they don't have hotels, and they don't have a hotel affiliation. And in other ways, their reward systems are, are very similar to each other, um, not as good as some of the national programs. I mean, you get valet parking at a certain level, cruises at a certain level. Um, but all of the things being equal, I avoid these properties in favor of properties with a national or an international reward system and hotel rooms to comp. I'm not saying you should evaluate a reward system using the same criteria as I do. Your criteria might be completely different. I mean, you might have two choices, one with five tiers that requires 200,000 points to get to the third tier where good things really start to happen. The other might have a four-tier system with 100,000 points to get to the fourth tier. Or one might give a lot of stuff as promotions, and the other gives mostly free bets or free play. And you can evaluate all of that based on what you need, what you want. Maybe you want stuff. Maybe you don't need stuff at all. Maybe you just want extra bonus money to gamble with. The point of this wisdom is that from my experience, the reward system a casino uses should be part of the process of selecting the casino where you are going to play if you have options and choices with more than one casino available. So that's casino wisdom number 19. I had a busy week, so let's ramble. So this week, I stopped at my local casino twice. Once for some luggage and some free play, and once for some free play and watched Gabriel play craps. He's been doing research on craps and decided to set aside some cash so he can do multiple plays and really understand the game and see if he can make a profit. And we've been talking about it for weeks, and he's been studying, and I just wanted to see it all go down. As for gambling, I lost a small amount of money on the first visit and won just a little more than that on the second visit. So in terms of just locally stopping by a little bit on my way to from A to B or home from a client, um, I basically ended up with a wash for the week. No win, no loss locally. But in other ways, my second visit was very much just casino lifestyle. Friday afternoon, work for clients wraps up a little early, the week is done. I get to play some cards with Trucker Mike at one table, and then caught up with a dealer friend of mine and played with Angry Rob at another table, and Angry Rob had a real nice win, so that's always fun to see your friends win, and Gabriel and I even had an opportunity to go cross the street and actually sit at a bar together and have a drink and catch up on things that 
weren't casino related. And and it was really fun to get to see him, to get to see all of them, to to once again kind of feel like, yeah, this is my casino. This is the way this is. I know people here. They know me. I'm, I'm doing this with friends. So also this week, I decided I needed to, I don't know, activate. Let's call it activate. I needed to get things started at another casino because two hours south of my house is a My Choice property. And I've been there once or twice over the years. My Choice is a national system. And I'm prioritizing them because they have four properties within two and a half hours of my house and properties all the way out to Las Vegas that are all part of this national system. If you don't know, casinos don't start giving you free stuff and sending you promotional offers unless you visited them a few times. Uh, so this is part of my choice, as I said, and I wanted to get them started by, by doing some gambling there. And then in the future, I expect to be able to stop there while I'm visiting family or traveling through the area, and I'll pick up free stuff and free bets You know, when, when that happens. It was an excellent casino. They had lots of tables open, you know, from a pandemic point of view. Um, you know, they probably had four or five times the number of open tables that my local casinos have. And I had a nice time, saw a new place, got some action in with them, and had a nice win of about two days' pay. And so finally, over the weekend, um, it's Mrs. TRG's birthday weekend, and I had a reservation at good old casino number one. And, you know, this is all that... Uh, kind of priming the pump, getting them involved from back in June and July when I was first starting this podcast. And, you know, that turns into a reservation on a Saturday night. Um, Or at least I thought it was going to be a reservation on a Saturday night. We hit a snag kind of right off the bat. I get to the front desk and they have no reservation in my name. They have no reservation in my wife's name. And they ask if I have a confirmation number and while I have a text from Bubba, my host, from like two weeks ago saying the reservation was all set, he didn't include a confirmation number. So if you've been listening, you might remember Casino Wisdom number six. When there's a problem, look for a casino solution. So that's what we start doing. With the news that the room I was counting on being unavailable, we start looking for that casino solution that, that we can find. And so the first step is to try and call Bubba to see what he can do, because there's a good chance he can just fix it. And I get a text message and I feel horrible because he says um, he's at his daughter's confirmation and he can't answer the phone. Is is there a problem? So I just quickly short text, tell him what's wrong and say, you know, your daughter's confirmation is way more important than this. We'll work something out. Don't don't put any effort into this on our behalf and enjoy, enjoy your daughter's time. And I'm really I'm sorry I interrupted, but we're there. Right? So part of the casino solution is, let's get our free stuff together. Let's see what free bets we have. Let's see what free play we have. Let's go to the, the kiosk. Let's work all that out. And that way, even if we end up just leaving and heading home, there's no reason not to, not to use all that stuff that's sitting there. There's just free money. Might as well put it to work. And I also left a message for a host at a My Choice property that's about an hour away to see if they had any available rooms and maybe a discount since I knew I didn't have any comps available there specifically. So we got all those wheels in motion and we sat down to play some cards and play our free bets. And in the back of our heads, it's like worst case, if we can't work this out here in this area somehow, well, we'll have we'll have dinner at the steakhouse and, and then drive home if, if that's how it has to go. 
So we're just kind of in conversation with the dealer and then with the floor person and we're talking about what happens and they're going to go call another host and see if they can, you know, kind of pitch hit for Bubba and figure this out for us. And lo and behold, as we're having that conversation, Bubba goes above and beyond and I get a text saying that everything's fixed and he's really sorry and the hotel that was full now has a room available and it has our name on it. And obviously, I owe him more than a thank you. I owe him uh, some gift cards or, or something as a bit of a tip there because it was really nice of him to do that. So, solution found. We had plenty of choices, but solution found. Dinner's great. We won more than a day's pay. And then the other thing... <laughs> and then the other kind of event that's worth noting is... It just completely caught Mrs. TRG out of nowhere. We're playing cards, and she's on one end, and I'm on the other because of social distance. And she got two cards that totaled 16 against a dealer's 10 showing. And so she takes a card, and it's larger than a 5, so she loses the hand. And then the dealer leans over to her and says, You're a girl. It's okay if you don't hit your 16s. And Mrs. TRG's like, Oh, well, okay, that's fine. I know how to play. And then she tells me this later, and we can't figure out why it would be okay for girls to make bad plays and lose more money, but not okay for boys. Boys shouldn't do that, but girls, I don't know. We didn't get it, but it was interesting. Uh, to kind of recap the week, luggage, a variety of free, free play and free bets, um, a win after expenses, and expenses were a little higher because uh, dinner at the steakhouse wasn't comped. So... Um, after expenses, a win of three days pay for the week. Just as important, the side hustle is not only generating those profits, and those profits will pay bills, but it also continues to create that casino lifestyle, that free hotel rooms, nice meals, hanging out with family and friends, all those things that are what this is all about. This side hustle, it's about money. Money's important, and money's the reason for doing this instead of golf or bowling, but it's also all the other stuff that comes with it. It's the stories, it's the experiences, it's the weird fun things that happen, and it's the time spent doing it. As promised, two stories in the VIP lounge, both of which I think are fun, one of which is the most ridiculous card counting I ever did. I'm sure the lounge is open, so let's go. Oh, a little bit of the bubbly. All right, excellent. Come on in. Help yourself to artisanal sodas or local handcrafted pop. We have all the good bottles available if you want an adult beverage. It's 5 o'clock here, so help yourself. As I've said, the best part of VIP lounges for me is sitting around with friends old or new and sharing stories about our times in a casino. And I think I have two fun ones for you today. So the first one is me managing to get on a very high roller flight to Atlantic City that I really didn't belong on. Pre-pandemic, because of my past relationship with Caesars being at a very high level, I still get invited several times a year to get on a chartered 737 and fly with a guest to Atlantic City for a few days with the flight and the hotel room comped. And once in a while, it's not fully comped, and they'll say, eh, your play was a little light last time, and so we're going to charge you a $35 experience fee or something like that. It, it's never a very large amount of money, 
It's, it's always a good deal, and it's always a good time. I and mean, what's not fun about getting on a plane, flying an hour, getting getting a hotel room, looking at the ocean in Atlantic City, and, and gambling, and, and, and hanging out, and having fun. So a few years ago, I get an email from my host, Randall, who's you know my Caesars host um, on a national basis, and he says that they have a private 18-person jet leaving Friday for Atlantic City for the weekend, and that a couple seats are still available, and they'd like to fill the plane, would I be interested in going? And I laugh when I see the email, and I tell Mrs. TRG, somebody made a mistake. Somebody picked the wrong mailing list. There's there's no way that my play gets me an invitation to an 18-seat private plane. But what the heck? Um, Mrs. TRG had a fair amount of stuff going on that weekend. We weren't going to spend much time until Sunday afternoon, and I'm self-employed, so I can kind of make my work schedule the way I want it to be. And so, sure, I email him and say, hey, I'd love to go. And pretty quickly, my phone rings, and it's Randall, and he's starting to apologize and explain that a mistake was made. And I just kind of cut him off, and I said, you know, Randall, not a problem. You don't need to apologize. I get it. I assume that's what was happened. I literally just told my wife that I was sure someone made a mistake, and I know I'm not you know, at a level to get invited on this trip. And so he thanks me for understanding. But do you remember Casino Wisdom number 77? If you don't ask, you don't get. So as we're wrapping up, I say, hey, you know, Randall, my schedule's pretty flexible. I mean, if you get to Thursday and you still got empty seats and you'd rather fly me and my action instead of flying the empty seat, let me know. And he says, hey, I will for sure. Yeah, thanks for understanding. So sure enough, Thursday after lunch, I get a call, and it's Randall, and he says, hey, if you're still interested, you know, we didn't fill all the seats, and, and we'd love to have you go along. And so they give me the, the information, they, they email it over, and I show up at the address provided, and I've never, you know, I've never done this before. I've never flown on a private, private plane. And so I get there, and there's this little private road by the airport, and I drive down this private road, and I park, and I walk into the building, and it's just kind of a big casual lounge. And they got snacks, and they've got soft drinks. And I go over to the counter, and I show the the, the woman my ID there. And she says, oh, okay, great. You know, put your bags over there, and we'll get the plane loaded in a little bit. And so no security screening, no taking my shoes off, no waiting in line, no any of that. Just, hey, have a seat on the couch. You know, have a cup of coffee if you want one. So it's all casino people, right? It's all people that got invited on this trip because they gamble a lot of money, at least whatever counts as a lot of money. And so I fit in. It's not like I'm not fitting in, but it's also clear to me that I really don't belong. I mean, there are watches and bags and that kind of stuff here that's bigger than my entire bankroll for the trip in terms of value and lots of name brands and lots of labels. But... They're a fun group. And we get on the plane, and there's a bartender on the plane, and bottles are popped, and strong drinks are consumed. And we get to the airport on the other end in Atlantic City, and they have limos waiting for us. And it's just, go get in the limo, and you know we'll bring your bags to your room later, and here's your keys for your hotel room. You're all set and ready to go. And so I had a great weekend, and I won a couple weeks' pay. So for me, a great win and a free trip. And I don't have to say profits after expenses because I really didn't have any expenses other than a few tips. Everything else was comped. So as we get to the airport to go back, people are making small talk. 
And somebody says, oh, how'd, how'd you do? And I say, oh, I had a nice win. And the other person goes, oh, yeah, you were the one lucky one on the trip. Good for you. And and so we get in the limo, and two other guys get in, and, and limo's filling up. And the one guy says, don't worry, everybody, don't worry. I covered the cost of the plane for everyone. It's all paid for. And we're like, dude, you don't have to be that loud. It's a very small car. But more than that, somebody's like, um, so what do you mean? And he goes, well, these flights, they cost the casino about $22,000. But I lost way more than that. So Caesars is fine. They're not going to lose any money on this trip. Hopefully you guys all won some because I took care of everything. And that just that interaction kind of confirmed all, all my assumptions. Now, I can't fathom losing that kind of money and just joking around about it. And I can't fathom putting that much money at risk in one weekend in a casino. But everybody in the car with me is all just kind of nodding their heads knowingly. And so I'm figuring that, like, I'm not going to mention that I want a couple weeks pay because in the car around me, they all lost, like, more than a year's pay for me. But (laughs) anyway, fun and profitable trip. If you do casino stuff long enough, then... Other casino stuff happens. Experiences like this happens. Encounters with celebrities happen. All those kinds of things. And if you're in that space, you're always looking for those opportunities. I certainly, in this case, got to see casino gambling from a a different point of view than my own. So, story two, or I guess, let me say, if you need a refill, help yourself, and then we'll do story two. Anybody? Everybody good? Okay. So, this one is really fun. It's also completely bizarre. This is one of those that you wouldn't think would happen. You would think there's some people that would be more on top of stuff than this. But so here's what here's what I encountered. I was just at my local casino. It's a weekday afternoon. I'm playing back in the high limit room, but it's the the high room limit room is basically empty other than um, four or five dealers, me and another player at one table, and and a floor person, and and not much of anybody else in and around. And so, you know, we're just all chit-chatting as as uh, as the card game is going. And at one point, the dealer says to me, so can you count cards? And I say, well, yeah, but I don't, or at least not very often, and never here. You guys are 20 minutes from my house. I don't need to get banned from here. And I don't really need to count cards to accomplish what I'm trying to accomplish. So he says, oh, okay, I just kind of wondered. And we continue playing, and we're chatting, and he's like, I never really understood that whole card counting thing and how it works. And so I'm explaining the basics to him as the cards are coming out. And at this point, the floor person comes over and says, how's everybody doing? What's going on? And the dealer says, we're talking about card counting. Did you know TRG can count cards? Jeez, jeez, jeez. Guys, um, normally, (laughs) normally, if you are a card counter, this is not the conversation you want to be in with the dealer and the floor person, the people that are responsible for protecting the game. They're responsible for making sure that people who can't count cards don't take example, take advantage. But I've known these guys for years, and they're not acting all casino people protecting the game. They're just acting like we're all friends being BSing over cards. So anyway, the floor says, you can count cards? Well, they tell us what to watch for, but they didn't really teach us how it works. Can you show us? And I'm thinking... <laughs> Sure, I can show you. Yeah, I can show you how to count cards. Right here on your table. That's the highest limits in your building, which is where a card counter would want to be. And you're, okay, yeah, sure. So 
a couple people in this conversation have not thought things through all the way, but I'm thinking it through all the way really, really fast. So we get to the end of the shoe and the cards get shuffled and I say, well, if, if you really want me to, um, yeah, I, I can show you how it works with this shoe. And everybody agrees, the other player, who's got a gleam in his eye, and the dealer and the floor all agree that absolutely I should use the next shoe to teach them how card counting works and to show them. So, what the heck, this sounds great, right? So the cards start coming out, and I'm explaining to them, and we're all kind of huddled around, we're all doing the math together. We're just very slowly counting the cards while I teach three other people how this all works. And I'm showing them that as the count reaches a certain point, I raise my bet and the floor nods and agrees and the count's getting better for the players and better for the players and I say now this is the point where I have to make a decision. I have to decide how big a bet I can make without you getting suspicious and calling somebody and the floor says that's right that's what we're trained to look for and I say right so the correct bet for me to make here is is 10 units instead of just one or two and that's where you call surveillance and they start watching my play and seeing if the increase matches the count. And the leader says, yeah, I get it. And the guy playing with me just kind of rolls his eyes and he also puts out a 10 unit bet. And the floor can't wait to see what happens next. And I'm thinking, dude, you're actually helping me count cards against your casino. Do you realize what you're doing? But on the outside, I just keep teaching. The other gentleman gets two tens against a dealer seven. And I say, now normally, you never split those, but we're card counters, and since the count is where it is, you would, as a card counter, split those and try to make more money. And he looks at the floor, and he says, what do you think? And the floor says, TRG's right. That's another thing we're trained to look for. You should listen to TRG and split. So the other guy's barely keeping it together. He splits. He gets a nine and a, and a king. So he's got a 19 and a 20, and I've got 20. The, the dealer turns over in 18. The count starts to drift back down because we've taken a bunch of those high-value cards out. And so I kind of acknowledge that, and our bets go back down to normal. And the floor and the dealer thank me for letting them see it all in action, and I can't believe that this just happened. Uh, I, I really was having trouble holding it together, but I did. I get to the end of the shoe, and I say, oh, boy, all that teaching's made me thirsty. I think I'm going to have to take a break. And I color up, and the other guy colors up. And as we get out into the casino proper, as we get out into the crowd and the noise, and the clang, 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 and the people talking, he says, I wonder if they will ever realize what just happened. And I said, yeah, me too. And we fist bumped. Uh, and it turned into a great story and a great experience. And nice money in my pocket and nicer money in his because he got away with that ridiculous bet um, and the split. Anything can happen in a casino, and, and this time it most certainly did happen in a casino. I have spoken. Everything you heard here is true from a certain point of view. It's time for leaving. I hope you understand. I was born a rambling man. If you have questions, send them to questions at casinocombat.com. If you have techniques to share, send them to what I do at casinocombat.com. Don't forget, we spell combat with a K. Love it, hate it, it don't matter. Please share with your family and friends. Goodbye, everyone.